Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Well, this is going to be a fun one that we do every year before the playoffs start. Looking ahead to basically where we're going to be a little over two years from now, our 2021 crystal ball. We'll look at who's going to be the NBA champion. Very difficult, actually. A lot harder than it's been with the Warriors dominance. Uh, and try and pick some all NBA teams, MVP, just talk about what the general landscape of the league is going to look like in 2021 and then also this time we actually this is the third year we've done this we're not quite there but we're coming up on the time period we actually predicted two years ago in our 2019 crystal ball so we're going to go back and look at how those predictions are doing because you know we always hold ourselves accountable here on dunked on so you had some thoughts you wanted to start with here just on on what the overall landscape of the league might look like in 2021 it it squares up interestingly because there should be a lot of movement or at least the opportunity for movement this offseason. That's why a lot of this is so hard to predict. I mean, about half, maybe a little more than half of the league is going to be free agents this year. That's an incredible number. And it's not just like all the bad guys. It's, you know, a bunch of stars and we could really see them see them move. So from a team perspective, that's a big thing you have to deal with something else to consider, though I wouldn't emphasize this as much as that, you know, we just, we saw Anthony Davis agitate about a year before his contract expires. So if you even want to look at the 2021 unrestricted free agents, so the season we're talking about is 2021. So th- that year. And so that's 2021. So after that season is when Giannis and Damian Lillard are free agents. They're among the high profile guys. So if they wanted to move, they would have probably already done that by then because you don't want to, you know, you want to do that in or before that season. And so that's one, one big thing. And then I, I think that the other important one, and this is actually something I brought up last year, going through all the players and their ages is how I think of this, is that we're getting closer to really coming to a head with this gap that we have in terms of high quality players. So right now, the a lot of the best guys in the league are in their late late 20s early 30s you know Steph Curry James Harden Paul George those types of guys Kevin Durant Kevin Durant and so all of those guys over the next two years they're going to go all of them are going to be in their 30s you know whether they're 32 like Steph and Durant or 31 like Harden and so you go okay well who's going to be in their prime then and the answer is not a lot of star talent as of now And that's because there were a couple of really dry drafts, 13 and 14 didn't produce a lot of star talent. And if you want to look at it by draft year, some of you might've seen on Tuesday, I tweeted out like basically that there aren't that many high scores from, I think that was 1992. It's just like Austin Rivers is in the top 10 point scores. And you know, there are lots of ways you could measure it, but there aren't that many guys. Maybe we'll see more Pascal Siakam's that type of late, late bloomer. But what I'm seeing as of right now is other than a few exceptions who obviously we'll talk about, they're the aging stars and then the young guys who are still going to be really, really young, then they're all going to be well pre-primed. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this a little bit ago when we did our top 10 players in the NBA on the 13 through 17 dress. As of now, and certainly players can 
still emerge late bloomers etc etc but as of now i would say that the only guy i look at as a top tier lead your team to a championship type of superstar out of those that's five drafts 13 to 17 is Giannis. he's really the only guy i look at as a top five type of talent and part of that's because a lot of those guys are centers you know maybe Embiid gets there towns is going to be mired in minnesota for a long time here as we'll talk about a little bit uh you know Jokic is pretty i mean the all the best guys are centers and we're skeptical of how much centers can help you at the absolute highest levels in the playoffs um you know 17 donovan mitchell looks pretty good jason tatum looks pretty good but some of the the guys were really hoping would be stars that have flamed out from that draft so it's really 18 with Luka Doncic is probably the guy who's shown the most potential other than Giannis over those last six drafts or so and certainly there's much to be written about him so yeah it's really interesting are we going to just project that some of these guys are going to hang on or that some guys that aren't that good yet are just going to emerge that we haven't seen really the surefire superstar talent from it's going to be very interesting to talk about here so two other things I want to mention on this one is if you were to look at the I, I did the all NBA teams that I picked at the end of February and of those 15 guys 11 of them will be uh, sorry 10 of them will be in their 30s as of as of then and the only and like three of the exceptions are bigs you know so you have those and then the it's Giannis oh Giannis Kawhi and Kyrie Irving and so I guess that's that would be one that I I can run that's nine out of 15 and that's a lot but then when I what was kind of surprising is when I went through my honorable mentions there were a lot of guys in their 30s there too you know like Gallinari's having this nice year but then you added Bradley Beal and stuff so yeah, I think something, but then the other big picture thing I wanted to talk about is, so So you go, okay, well, you have these aging guys and you have the, the young ones is, well, how does that work in terms of the title picture, everything else? There's an easy answer of, let's see who teams up where. And that's certainly true. Like this will be a way easier exercise on July 15th than it is right now. But knowing what we know at this point, my instinct is that the really young teams, like let's say Dallas, if everything works out or Atlanta, if everything works out, they're not going to be ready yet. Like their teams are still going to be incredibly young. That'll be Trey Young's age 22 season. So even if like he ends up being the next star point guard, that's still really early in this process for him. And same same real story with Luca and Porzingis, though Porzingis is a little bit closer, will be closer to his prime at that point. So then it becomes who teams up and then how well do the, and this will come up when we do the team part, how well do these aging teams hang on like the Rockets and the Warriors, whether they lose talent or not, how, how does a team that's built around a 31-year-old James Harden, a 35-year-old Chris Paul, and a 26-year-old Quinn Capella, how does that team look? and it's a really important question the other thing too is it seems like this summer we're gonna see unprecedented player movement and if you look at we just did our top 10 players in the nba three of the top 10 guys are free agents durant and leonard are both i think considered favorites to leave their incumbent teams kyrie irving certainly quite possible that he does so and then you've got anthony davis who is certain to be traded this offseason so you've got four of the top 10 players in the nba right now who are very possible if not likely to be on other teams as soon as three months from now so that makes this exercise really difficult whereas i think it seemed like there was more stability when we did this two years ago and certainly there was some player movement that we did not foresee at that time as we'll get to but uh this summer really seems like it could be a quite the shift and along those lines something that made it even harder is that i don't have a ton of confidence in terms of a team 
where you go, oh, well, I don't know who they're going to get, but they're definitely going to get someone or two someones. You know, like the Knicks could. Yeah, absolutely. The Knicks could end up with two max guys. I am not going to put my reputation on that being a certainty or anything like that. And I mean, the Lakers over the few years before they, when they didn't get anybody, they're instructive here. You know, all these teams that are, that could retain great talent, but could also lose them. That is a huge deal as well. So it's, you can't do, I don't, I don't think it's responsible. Like this gets a little bit in the team part, but for, to, for predict like the Clippers, they're a good example. Like, do I think the Clippers could get somebody? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think they could get a max player. They could be a really, really good team, but saying, oh, it's a lock that they're going to be one of the best squads in the West, that they're going to be at that elite talent level. That's not a statement I'm comfortable making. Well, we may we may have to, but a statement <laughs> yeah. a statement that I am comfortable making is that you should check out the No Chill podcast, which is sponsored today's show. The No Chill podcast is the brainchild of one of the most dynamic personalities in NBA history. Gilbert Arena is also one of my favorite underrated players. I remember being kind of sad that he didn't make the 2006 uh, World Championships team because I wanted to see, and as it turned out, that team ended up losing. And I don't know whether Gilbert would have made a difference there or not because, uh, you know, they couldn't defend a pick and roll from Greece. Uh, had never heard of Theo Papaloukas at the time, apparently. But you obviously have heard of Gilbert. Holds the visiting player Staples Center scoring record. Was really the first first guy to go directly to the public with that most typical mid-2000s creation, a blog in the pre-social media era. Gilbert made a name for himself with his opinions and by letting up score words, and now he's continuing to light it up with awesome guests on the No Shield podcast like Kevin Durant, Nick Young, Matt Barnes, Ice Cube, and many more from athletes to actors and comedians. These episodes are an hour long, and Gil shares his unique perspective on the game, who's playing it, the personalities involved, and everything in between. He's joined by co-host slash producer Mike Botticello, who's worked on the NBA circuit for over a decade. The two dig in with their guests on hot topics, trends, and burning questions each week. And if you've followed Gil's career at all, you know that you never know what he's going to say next. Gilbert's got great stories, great ideas, and his unique perspective on the NBA and our culture as a whole. The episodes are raw, unfiltered, and unpredictable, and they drop every Monday. You can find the No Chill Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening right now. New episodes drop every Monday, or you can listen a day early on Himalaya. That would be on Sundays. Catch up on the old episodes and start listening today to the No Chill Podcast hosted by Gilbert Arenas and Mike Botticello. So the way we've done this in the past is to start by giving our predictions for who will be the final four teams in the NBA. So let's start with two entrants from the West, where the thing that stuck out to me really is, while the West has been talked about as such a hard conference, and I think at the bottom, getting into the playoffs, that will remain the case. There doesn't appear to be that one team that is positioned to be an absolute, you know, high 50s, low 60s win type of Titan as of this point in time. I would agree with you. And there are also, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of ceiling and floor issues too. I mean, because there, there are teams that could be in this mix and that could, I, I brought up the Rockets before, you know, Harden being 31, CP being 35. That's a lot of miles that are going to go on those two guys. Now they're going to be under contract. We have a reasonable expectation that they will be there. So that situation is different from, let's say, Golden State, where between now and the 2020-21 season, not only Kevin Durant, but Clay Thompson and Draymond Green will have all hit free agency. So there's more variance with those types of guys as well. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Draymond could be gone. I mean, I, I expect that he's going to be a lot worse by then. 
stuff in gentle decline i think that started a little bit this year clay thompson will probably be in gentle decline by that point in time if katie leaves there's a thought that maybe they could stretch scratch out part of the mid-level exception andre guadala also i mean he's gonna be out of the mix he might even be retired by that point in time he's 35 right now so i mean they're gonna have big time issues filling spots on the wing if katie were to leave doesn't look like they necessarily have the scratch to bring back demarcus cousins i mean it would take three years of him being on the team for them to be able to pay him at what he would like to be making i mean even if they bring him back for next year at six million then it would be still only the early bird exception after that so i mean that would be you know in the mid-teens at best by that point not what he would likely be interested hard to see him sticking around they might have the mle maybe if kd leaves although that would be tough maybe you could see them aggregating some salary together like sean livingston throwing in a pick or two to try to get some more reinforcements on the wing that would help but hard to say if Katie leaves that this is looking like more than, you know, a team winning in the low 50s, maybe mid 50s, if everything goes right by that point. Uh, what do you think if KD does stick around? Would they still be considered the favorites even two years from now with KD at 32 and Steph at 33, I think? Their expected value would be higher than any other team as of this moment. I would not be surprised in the slightest if a team jumped them on July 4th or 5th or something like that, but it hasn't happened yet because, you know, the Clippers, for example, they could do it. The Lakers could get Anthony Davis and maybe somebody else, you know, all those sorts of things. But it would take those teams having a having a strong talent acquisition phase in order to get there. So I would have them as the favorite if we were to engage in that as the as the most likely outcome or a prohibitively likely outcome, let's say. Uh, so Golden State is the favorite to win the conference as of now? They are not the team that I picked, actually. No? No, I, I picked the Utah Jazz. And the reason I picked the Jazz is because they've been a very good team the last few years. I mean, it's because of their record this year, I think that people are you know justifiably focused on that, but they're just dramatically underperforming their point differential. They're number three in net rating this year. They were number five last year, and they've dealt with injuries, you know, a degree of them, not extreme, extreme injuries either time. Their key players are under contract for that period of time, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And then, yeah, guys like Joe Ingles, and depending on which of Rubio and Favors come back, those guys will be older, but they have flexibility. They have a good front office. So, I'm going with Utah just on the idea that I think they have a way higher floor than all these teams. And so I'm more comfortable with that than a team like the Warriors, who could look dramatically different at that point. I mean, Kevin Durant could absolutely be gone. And then Draymond Green, if he wants to try to get like max money or even just get a lot, the Warriors have been pretty candid about, you know, they want to build a winning team for a long time. And that will be really where the rubber meets the road in terms of sentimentality. And somebody's going to probably have to sacrifice. And I don't know who that's going to be. Yeah, I agree with you on Utah having a high floor, but I also see them as a a lower ceiling. Never been a particularly compelling free agent destination. That wouldn't be my personal opinion. I love Utah, but that's what people seem to think about it. I mean, with the coach, Quinn Snyder, Mitchell, Gobert, I agree with you there. You know, they're probably going to be in 50 win type of level. I'm just not sure if they have quite the superstar talent, how well Gobert plays at the highest levels defensively. Maybe we'll get some of those questions answered this year. And Mitchell's development. I mean, now if Donovan Mitchell turns into a top 10 player in the NBA, maybe you are feeling that a little bit more. So I'm not ruling them out. I wouldn't put them in there right now. I think I do like them a little bit better than Denver, just because I I think Mitchell's upside is higher than any of the perimeter guys on Denver. 
And whether you think Gobert or Jokic is better, I mean, I think there's great arguments for either of those guys. Well, but I mean, also, this, I, yeah. I think Millsap's a big part of the argument here because yeah, him being he him is being a, either gone or or done. Yeah, he is a more important player to Denver than any older guy for for the Jazz, and Millsap will be 35 at that point, and that's you know he could still be valuable, but he you know expecting him to be the same guy he is right now is tough. Houston, obviously, another one that needs to be considered. I mean, we thought Harden might be getting a little worse by now, but he's still probably having statistically his most impressive season. At 31, I don't see him getting better defensively, and you'd think it'd be impossible for him to keep up this type of workload. The Rockets don't really have an obvious path to improve they don't have any young talent on their roster outside of Capel, but nobody on a rookie contract they've been pretty aggressive moving first round picks in contrast to the warriors who have just gotten very little out of said first round picks and probably would have been better off if they had moved them frankly uh but i mean if they're kind of at a 53 55 win type of level pj tucker who's so key for them you know hard to imagine him being a, an effective starter two years from now i think he'll be 35 at that point chris paul you know, is probably going to be on the john stockton play 25 minutes a game planned by then so i'm not going to rule them out either just because again i don't see like that absolute titan here but the team i think would be most likely to win the conference two years from now i'm going to say the la clippers wow I, I think they are the most likely team to get Kawhi. i they have a ton of young assets that they could use to get better i'm extremely impressed by their management they could potentially get Kawhi and someone else or, or they'll have a, a chance to get into free agency again in 2020 it looks like doc rivers is still going to be there he's a very solid coach so i mean they're going to have to figure out a way to get better defense on this team and, and you know mantras harrell will be a free agent by that point gallo will be a free agent I, you know there's going to be a a lot of turnover lou williams will probably either not be on the team or or not be effective he is under contract that season with a 1.5 million guarantee out of his 8 million so who, who knows whether they'll keep him around or not there but uh, they've got landry shamit as a nice guy probably a starting shooting guard at that point in time but i i just this isn't a vote for like oh they're for sure to be dominant but i think they have the highest upside right now of any team here yeah i'm gonna say even including the lakers who i would say the lakers still have the second highest upside um if they were to get Anthony Davis or some other big free agent, but with LeBron being 36 by that point, uh, and the way we've seen his teams play in the regular season the last few years, I'm also not encouraged by who the Lakers are talking about maybe bringing in a coach right now. Uh, you know, it doesn't seem like, at the very least, the names that are being mentioned don't seem like difference makers to me. So the Lakers have to be talked about, but I, you know, I think more likely than not, they're going to be below kind of the Utah, Denver, Houston, Golden State area still uh, as of that time you mentioned this but i wanted to emphasize it that season will be lebron's age 36 season so they're gonna i mean he, he'll probably still be a, a very talented player but i mean we've already seen a defensive decline with him and and that's another time for injuries and just you know aging and wear and tear to 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 put that down so i mean think about how much you're gonna have to have around him to be as good as the best teams in the west are going to be i mean it's, it's gonna take a lot it's possible they can absolutely get there and i, I think that their best path is to spend this summer and then get somebody on top of that via trade but that's a whole lot easier said than done especially based on some of the preliminary intel that we have and as you mentioned the idea that they might not hire the best coach to maximize this circumstance and that they would have to let's say they 
don't get this hire right, they're not going to have enough time to really turn it around quickly because, you know, coaches usually young coaches or new coaches that are hired by the same front office staff don't usually get fired, you know, like super quickly. Um, I mean, maybe there's a possibility that Ingram and Ball just really developed that quickly, but you know, neither of them took that type of a step forward this year, although Ingram had some encouraging moments to be sure. One other team that I think must be mentioned here, though, and that is the Dallas Maverick. Absolutely. Uh, Porzingis. If he comes back and just, you know, is fine after the ACL, I don't know that I consider that to be likely, but it's certainly a possibility and, and that he continues on that path. Doncic just continues to develop at the rate that we expect from him. They've got cap space this summer. Don't have a ton of draft picks, but they could potentially keep their draft pick this year and add someone else to the core as well who could either be traded or could uh, be a big part of, of what they're doing. More likely maybe that they're still a couple of years away for two years from now, but very interesting because I mean, Porzingis would be 25 and Doncic would be only 21, which is crazy. So tell me if you, those are all the teams I think would have a chance of being in the West Finals two years from now. I'm illuminating OKC. I mean, they're looking at a low seed this year. Russell Westbrook is on a very worrying decline. Paul George, I don't see him at age 30 maintaining quite this level. I think he could be at you know a third team all type all NBA type of level, but this is easily the best season of his career, especially defensively. You know, guys take a step back as they get into their 30s. OKC doesn't really have anyone coming up behind them that's really making you feel great. Uh, you know, they could easily be a playoff team still by them, but I don't see them as uh, unless there's just some and they're out a bunch of draft picks too so it seems like a trade that would really improve them is unlikely and then the spurs i'm just not sure number one greg popovich may no longer be coaching which is a reason why you know they could take a major step back to rosen and aldridge may not be on the team anymore or, or both of them will be worse if they are and then they've done a great job of developing guys they have some guys who are coming up who are looking like they could be starters like murray or white Jakob purtle but nobody that i see as as a future superstar so maybe they could kind of be in playoff contention at the, as of that point but i don't see a path for them to making it to the conference finals unless one of those young guys pops in a way that we just can't possibly anticipate the only other team i want to mention for consideration i will also acknowledge that there are a series of teams like sacramento and minnesota that i think could be a lot better than they have been this year but give, giving them like a conference final spot this soon is probably premature but the other team i want to mention is the blazers i don't expect it but damian lillard cj you know those guys are both under contract to that point nurkic is under contract as well he will have recovered from his from his injury at that point and so there's a chance i don't i don't expect it but i wanted to acknowledge it and so for me my considered category for this which is pretty ridiculous and i i use that as like i actually think there's like some sort of reasonable argument so i went the jazz and the warriors one two but then i also considered was half of the conference nuggets rockets clippers lakers mavs and blazers and then there were other teams that could absolutely be playoff teams with reasonable you know like that could even host a playoff series but just didn't get quite into that conversation yeah i mean sacramento a team that we certainly didn't see coming this year at all absolutely i mean maybe fox and bagley are just that nasty the the other hard thing for them is just it's going it's hard for them to improve in the immediate you know like they they don't have they don't have to stop anybody either right with this group yeah, so like I could see them getting a, a even like the four seed in a couple of years. Like I could see that, but seeing them make a conference finals, I mean, we know they're going to be really, really good teams. We just don't know exactly who those teams are yet. So, but it's going to be hard for them to get past them unless Fox and Heald and Bogdanovich, who I believe will have already been on be on a new contract by that point, if those guys have to have to really, really kick it into high gear and they add a lot of depth without having you know massive flexibility and draft assets. 
All right, in the East, I had five teams as being teams I thought of as serious candidates right now. Philly, the same four that are at the top of the conference right now. Philly, Milwaukee, Boston, and Toronto. Philly, of course, with Butler and Harris have some question marks. Another question mark is Joel Embiid's health. There's this lingering thought in the back of my mind that maybe Philly knows something about Embiid's knee or back that we don't, and that that's more of a ticking time bomb than we people would have thought. And maybe that's why there's been so all in right now, uh, because you know they don't think Embiid is going to be effective, you know, five years from now, and they could kind of take it slow. Uh, but with Simmons and Embiid, you know, they are by that point probably gonna have to replace Redick. I mean, even if they bring back Butler and Harris, they'll be very limited in terms of finding some other guys. They're out their 2020 draft pick now. They don't really have anyone young on the roster that you could potentially plug in. That's why maybe the trade of Shamit could be very damaging. So, but just with the level of talent they have in the team right now, clearly they are a, a threat. I wouldn't put them in the top two though uh and I then, did. yeah you did okay I did. interesting and well, so is and what's the reason for that Just because defections on the other teams yeah the, the we I, i'm reasonably confident that they're going to have three really really good players on this team and they're going to have the flexibility depending on what happens to bring jj reddick back i mean reddick will be a lot older at that point but i mean ben simmons and joel and are team controlled i think Simmons will will have been a free agent by that point, but he will. But he still, I mean, he's restricted. We fully expect that he will be there as long as the Sixers still want to have him. And then I, my assumption is that they will get one of Butler and and Tobias Harris, if not both. To me, so there is a very easy argument that the Celtics should be that should be one of these teams. But for me, the I the the problem with that is I don't have a good read on Kyrie yet. And if Kyrie leaves they could just easily be on a dramatically different timeline. And I don't think they're young guys. If they go more in the youth movement realm, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, both guys I really, really like, but I don't think those guys in their early twenties are going to be there. So then if you're weighing for me, the chance that Philly has there has a really good team versus the chance that Kyrie leaves, I think Kyrie leaving is more likely than the Sixers having mass defection. Yeah. Although I, I think, I mean, the question is going to be answered in this year's playoffs, but for Philly, I don't see them being able to solve this depth problem, even if they do bring all those guys back. And I think the most likely outcome is that only one of Butler or Harris stays. Uh, you know, and I, I have big questions about Reddick's effectiveness at that point, even in the playoffs now, not to mention two years from now, uh, the Embiid health question. So I, I think Philly has a lower ceiling, even if a higher floor than some of these teams. Probably the team that I would actually say is most likely to make the finals out of the East, though, is Milwaukee, because I, I, while Giannis is under contract until the end of the season we're talking about 2021 there could potentially be an inflection point if he doesn't take the designated veteran extension next summer which he will certainly be eligible for but because they've just been so good this year and it seems like he has a different kind of level of loyalty towards Milwaukee I mean they're, they're and as presumably Bud is going to be there presumably they're going to be able to bring back most of their guys this offseason so maybe they are and those guys are pretty young so I think that this team has shown the highest ceiling and if I actually had to guess of which team is going to have all of their most important guys together despite the free agency this offseason I would actually say it's Milwaukee as of 2021 so would I and that's remarkable when you consider that 
before a couple weeks ago, four of their five starters were going to be free agents. Now that number's all the way down to three of five. But they have the means to bring those guys back. It seems like yeah. they're happy. Maybe and, not Lopez. Lopez might yeah, be the Lope, guy. Lope, Lopez is he the would hardest. He's a little but, older. But and, they and can he's very still, key to what they're doing, too. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. But so a, we'll... you know, a bargain, a bargain Brook Lopez, I mean, that would make them worse. But you think about how much variance all these other teams have. Sure. That, I, th- I think that's different. And and also, I, I want to go through for for Milwaukee at that juncture. So for the season we're talking about, Giannis, age 26 season, Bledsoe, 31, Middleton, 29, Brogdon, I think, would be mid-20s. So, yeah. I think some, he would actually be 28 by that point. Oh, that's right, because he was so much older when he came oh, yeah. in. So, and those guys, you know, you could expect that they will be post-prime, but not, like, deeply post-prime. Bledsoe at 31 yeah. could be troubling. I mean, we'll just see where, see where he is at that at that point. But they also will have, you know, they have young guys like DJ Wilson and, and that are intriguing, at least, and, and Sterling Brown and those type of guys, so DiVincenzo. So maybe they can fill depth usefully, even if they don't have to be starters, which I don't think they will have to be. So, yeah. I think Milwaukee is the, they have the, the highest, they might, they might not have the highest ceiling because we don't know where the hell some of these teams are going and we don't know if Brooke Lopez is going to be back. You can make an argument they do. I'm not saying that they don't, but they have a significantly higher floor and that matters a lot to me because they've been the best team in the league this year. So if they can largely run it back and Giannis and Giannis is going to have, we would hope age related improvements and he's already playing at an MVP level, like they could be insanely good then. Yeah. Boston, I mean, it seems like like they're either if Kyrie Irving stays they're going to get Anthony Davis we'll see how much they would have to give up going forward for that or they would just be in building around the young guys mode hold on to the Memphis pick just use it you know try to be hope that Braun and Tatum can develop together a little bit more Rozier probably comes back and you're maybe a mid-rung type of playoff team next year and just hope that those guys develop and that you could be good for a while going forward al horford also is a, is a big variable for them at this point in time but yeah i mean that's boston really is just so feast or famine here with you know maybe having the best talent in the league if they get ad or just not really being a championship contender at all uh or, or even a finals conference finals contender at all and then toronto i mean they're in pretty similar shape here you know their big man situation will be in flux by that point obviously the question of whether Kawhi stays or goes if he goes they're kind of in the same situation as boston going forward uh they also lowry will be a free agent uh after next year so they, they might have to get some reinforcements uh, at guard but well, I, 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 yeah i want to bring something up with toronto because i'm not sure i'll get an opportunity to write this piece because it's so perspective but if Kawhi comes back and returns to Toronto, their 2020 offseason will be absolutely fascinating because basically if Masai Ujiri wants to do it, depending on what happens with Danny Green, they could do a, a an incredible pivot if they wanted to. They could, you know, they could move on. They have all these guys on expiring contracts, you know, Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka. At that point, Norman Powell's contract will be movable. Gasol, that kind of stuff. Marcus Sol will Yeah, he'll be so there is there is a possibility and, and then you but then you get into like will other guys want to play in Toronto will they want to play with Kawhi and all that but like if Masai wants to to do that I mean because basically it would be do they want to kind of build an aging can keep an aging contender or do they want to go in a different direction and Masai is one of the few GMs that I would actually think would consider that you know the mystery door and th- I mean there could be a really I mean I've talked about how the 2020 free agent class sucks but if you get the opportunity to play with Kawhi and open cap space in a city that I think a, a lot of players like not all players I mean but there it's it's kind of one of those cities that you hear players talk about every once in a while also loved by the media though that's a very different thing as we talked about with Utah so I, I 
I don't think that's going to happen because that would require a lot of, you know, a lack of not only sentimentality, but it would be even more brutal in many ways than what they did with DeRozan, because at least in that trade, they got Kawhi. Yeah, and maybe it would be Lowry and Ibaka coming back for a little bit cheaper, and, the, and they could make a free agent addition at that point as well. Um, So the fifth team that I had as a clear potential contender is the New York Knicks. I oh, yeah. KD, uh, presumably some other pretty good players this offseason, and they'll have a, a solid draft pick that they can use either in trade or uh, hopefully on someone who can contribute two years from now so and if the new york gets Kyrie and kd you know that really weakens boston as well so they've got to be in there uh even though they're really a nearly a total tabula rasa at this point they've also got a lot of assets with those dallas picks um others that i would even consider here maybe brooklyn you know they are they do are going to be in free agency here maybe russell takes a big step forward uh dinwiddie it seems pretty unlikely though indiana also you know again these are kind of more in scenarios where the rest of the conference just doesn't look that good and there are some free agent defections from some of the top teams or maybe Giannis isn't in milwaukee anymore or you know boston the guys leave toronto philly like i mean all all these teams could be uh could be way way worse next year if some of their free agents are to go but seems like that wouldn't happen to all those teams but for brooklyn indiana victor oladipo can get back to his same level although with that quad tendon injury that's a question atlanta would have to get some major free agent help um you know but but also there's with zion williamson being so good maybe he could be such a game changer that he could actually be helping a team two years from now um so you have to consider some of these lower end well i mean that team could also be the knicks so sure (laughs) yeah we don't we don't know yet um and then even the bulls i might say a very very mild chance wow that i will not go that far I think I think they'll well, make the I, mean, I think they'll make the playoffs, but I mean you talked about the like can they defend anybody? I mean I, oh, Wendell yeah. Carter Wendell yeah. Carter is going well, to be Well, that's another one where maybe if they if they got Zion or they got Morant and he was good right away, and maybe marketing Carter and Levine. I mean I don't think this will happen for any of those guys, but maybe some of those guys could be you know, probably not Carter, but you know maybe marketing and Levine could be all NBA type of players by then. I like I said I very very seriously doubt it, but uh, so I'm very comfortable ruling out the Cavs, Wizards, Hornets, Magic, Pistons, and probably the Heat, even with their you know free agent destination status. I mean, uh, it's, it's the the reason I wouldn't have them in this group, even though I respect their ability to get free agents because it, of their when proven you say track in this group, in this group of teams that could potentially make a conference about right, right. Yeah. In that is because Anthony Davis to me is the big needle mover. Because remember, Miami is not asset rich. Like they 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 have. New they the they have bad contracts. They have their they already owe that 2021 pick. So I think it's hard to think to say like, oh, Anthony Davis is going to go there at this point. You know, maybe there's a chance if he ends up somewhere at the, uh, you know, if he gets traded somewhere, they doesn't want to resign and their situation looks better. But there just aren't those guys in 20. This isn't LeBron James and Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade being free agents in the same class. All right. Who do you think will be the two worst teams in the East in 2021? So I had five teams that I considered here that like most seriously, you know, there are other ones that have that could fall in, but that I thought there was an easier path. Um, So I'll go from I'll go from five to one, I guess. Um, Five is the Wizards. Now, they're not in this group right now, but maybe they've moved Bradley Beal by this point. They've already traded Otto Porter. I could see them just being in a transition point then, you know, if John Wall doesn't come all like come all the way back or they just are 
identifying it differently. The Pelicans, it just depends on what they want to uh, oh, do. Oh, you're talking about the worst two teams in the entire NBA? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, Pelicans, if they strip it down, whether whether that's in all of this offseason or in parts, you know, maybe they trade, they go younger in the in the Anthony Davis Hall, but they keep Drew Holiday, but then eventually they're like, well, why are we having Drew Holiday? We should trade him. That sort of thing could happen. Three, and if I if I knew how to calibrate Kemba Walker, the Hornets would be in a very, would, would be different. I don't, they would either be higher towards the worst on the list or they'd be differently. But I mean, I think that if he stays and there's a significant chance that he does, because he said a lot of positive things, like from his public comments, there isn't much to say there that that, to say, that indicates that he is definitely going to leave or something like that. I mean, if he comes back, I think they're too good to be at the absolute dregs. But if he leaves, they're going to be abysmal. Like they're going to be absolutely awful two years from now. And then, then to me, if that happens on July 1st, then they're the clear cut number one for this. But because of that uncertainty, I put them at three. Number two, the Cavs, I just think they're going to take more time. They could get Zion. They could get, I don't think they're going to draft John Morant, but they, they, they could get better quickly, but I think it's just going to take them some time. And I think they want to be patient with this, which I, I, I fully support. And then number oh, one, man, if Colin Sexton and RJ Barrett are on the same team, then like every single one. Uh, yeah. That mean, yeah, they're, oh man. Sexton has made some strides, but yeah. And, uh, and Sexton, uh, Sexton has had some lot wonderful, of, uh, it's a lot of ball dominance. Yes. Yes. And then so and my number one is Memphis. I really like Jaron Jackson, but the cupboard there, I, I'm just not super comfortable with, with, you know, if they move on from Mike Connolly, he is not going to get the asset return that if they trade him, that the Pelicans are going to get for Anthony Davis. Like they're not going to have that type of pull. I think it will be more pick heavy and they have some money. They don't have a ton of flexibility. They're not as, they're not a great free agent destination. So th- I could see a lot of teams ending up the worst, but I think they have the lowest chance of being like outside of this area. So then I'm going to put them as the number one pick i had hornets and new orleans as the two worst i don't think that kemba walker is going to come back or that if he does he will then be traded after another non-playoff season next year new orleans i don't think drew holiday will be on the team any longer i mean maybe maybe there's the and i also just don't trust their manager i want to see who their gm ends up being maybe there's they'll get enough in the ad trade that that's not fair i mean maybe i'm just not considering that enough and maybe a potential holiday trade as well memphis certainly a candidate um you mentioned the Cavs. i mean i i think they'll be starting to round into a little bit better of shape by then wizards are a very strong one i don't think bradley beal is going to be on the team I mean, we'll see if he makes all nba this year he's going to be eligible for a designated player veteran extension which if he's eligible for that and they offer it to him for someone of his stature in the league i mean i think you have to take that just like john wall did <laughs> he's got a very good uh cautionary tale on his own team for why you do take that um but they're also and he's been saying he wants to be a wizard for life recently i think that that has been the result of him realizing that he could could get the designated player veteran extension i think it was chris haynes who reported previously that beal had told them that he wouldn't resign when he could become a free agent and either way i i just it doesn't seem like he's gonna still be there uh in which case they'll be awful um so i mean there's a few i think the pistons or the magic actually i mean the magic their young talent i'm just not a believer in that really at all they seem like very far away still fucevich don't see him playing any better than he's played this year they do have a solid coach but it you know the idea of them as a team on the rise seems uh 
I disagree on the magic because they have a lot of young guys that are good enough. They may not be good enough to get them into the playoffs, depending on defections and all that kind of stuff, but they are good enough to keep them out of the absolute bottom. You know, like they have, it seems like they'll be able to defend. I mean, they've defended. What if like Mo Bamba is just a complete bust? Well, I mean, if they re-sign Vooch, then that doesn't matter a whole lot. Well, at age 30 though, I mean, Vooch, you know, this is the first Yeah, we're talking about the worst teams in the league. I mean, so if they're going to have Aaron, they're going to have Aaron Gordon, they're going to have John Isaac. He's still going to be under contract they could trade one of those guys if they want presumably, to presumably they'll have some kind of a point guard upgrade yeah i, I mean it's it, uh, this is just i could see a scenario same thing with the pistons actually i could see a scenario where the pistons really you know if blake griffin just you know gets injured or really falls off or whatever i could even see the heat being like really awful for a year um because remember that's time. the year after so that's the year after a lot of their guys will be will be free agents Goran Dragic Hassan Whiteside among them and so they might you know do one of those clear the space and then the, the right guys aren't available and instead of paying Dion Waiters Kelly Olynyk James Johnson all those type of guys they just wait that's that's entirely possible I could see the heat being there but Spo yeah. was such a good coach that I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily expect that all right we got to talk about who we would see on our all NBA teams right after we talk about Zebit, who believes that everyone deserves access to lifelong interest-free credit you have the power to buy what you need and pay overtime interest-free with Zebit. it is a zero interest credit option for all members no matter your credit score it is not tied to your credit score at all you don't need a credit score to join and your Zebit account does not impact your credit score either they also have zero membership fees and zero late fees in addition to the zero cost to join and with what Zebit is, is it's a marketplace that has over 50,000 products available with brand names like Xbox, Sony, Apple, GoPro, Fitbit, all at competitive prices. Electronics to barbecues, furniture, and more. Zebit has everything you need for when you need it. They have a five-star rating on Trustpilot, and they've earned the trust of hundreds of thousands of customers who shop on Zebit. Once again, Zebit is not determined by your credit score, and your Zebit account does not impact your credit score. The way to sign up with them is at Zebit, Z-E-B-I-T bit.com slash cap space we talk about it all the time here in the program and you can get a $2,500 credit to shop the zebit marketplace at zero interest and zero cost to join once again that's zebit.com slash cap space and get $2,500 credit to shop the zebit marketplace and don't forget to use that slash cap space url and let them know that you came from us all right who will be the 2021 nba champion i'm going with the milwaukee bucks yeah me too and Giannis's finals mvp it's i mean we'll know a lot more in a few months but for the bucks are already a great team their best player could very well be better than than he is now which is incredible considering how amazing he is right now there are tools to build around them and yeah there is a risk because milwaukee doesn't have like a lot of cap flexibility they can bring they have retention ability but they don't really have that it'd be hard for them to really get new blood that is on the starter line i think that's going to be tough for them though they did maybe do that with nicole miritich who i hope they resign so i think they just have they have the highest expected value now it's easy it's easy to make a case that they will be a title contender because they are one now and they will not age out of it in the same way that the warriors and rockets very well could 
Yeah, I mean, it's still possible that Giannis may not even be on the team. Of course. This year. You know, I mean, things, they could have some free agent defections. Things could go poorly next year. He could not take the designated veteran extension and they would feel like they had to move him. Uh, yeah, I think the MVP frontrunner would probably be Giannis for me as well at that point. I mean, I think some of the other guys in their early 30s, you know, putting the pedal to the metal throughout the regular season the way you need to to win MVP. I mean, certainly Harden still has to be in there just because, you know, he has shown that he really likes doing that. Uh, although at, at 31, again, you have to think he would fall off just a little bit. Kawhi Leonard would be in there but you know with this idea that maybe this is a chronic condition for him with that quad issue doesn't seem that likely so i have Giannis really as a big favorite here for regular season mvp i mean is is there anyone else that you really feel like needs to be mentioned a lot maybe one of the centers you know you could see like Embiid getting there yeah i think a center will work their way into the conversation but i don't know which one ad ad has to be mentioned. yeah oh yeah ad is my number he's my number two and especially when you consider that he can maneuver his way over the course of the next two years to a very good team and that makes it easier to, to win an MVP award. So he'll be 20, they'll be his age 27 season. So I mean, he could be, I mean, depending on, on health and, and fit and all that kind of stuff, it could be one, a better year even than some of the years he's had before, which have been great. And if he can do that on one of the five best teams in the league, then that makes his MVP case pretty straightforward. Yeah, other candidates to potentially be the champion, Golden State, if KD sticks around, the Clippers, depending on who they get, the Knicks, depending on who they get. The Celtics. Yeah, Toronto, Philly, I think they would have to be in there still depending on what happens with their teams. Houston and the Lakers, I guess you would have to include them. Yeah, they're 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 kind of in a, in a lower tier, but still teams we should mention for sure. I don't see anyone else though. I guess you were saying Utah. Are you going to put Utah in that group? I have them in the in kind of that second tier with teams like Houston, where things would have to go really really right. Like I, I think yeah. somebody's going to pass them. I just don't know who it is, and so that's why I had them number one in the West. Denver. I just don't see them being able to get good enough defensively in the playoffs. I have them in the same tier with Utah. I mean, think about how young their core is. Like if these guys have age related improvement, like Jamal. Jamal Murray, so I'll go through some of their guys. Jamal Murray at that point will be 23. Jokic, 25. I think Harris will be in his mid-20s. So like those guys could even, I mean, Millsap getting worse will hurt and they they have to replace kind of what he brings to their identity, but they could be in a ludicrous offense at that point. Yeah. So for these individual awards, by the way, keep in mind that we are talking about who we think will deserve it, not who the media is going to vote for. Yeah, we're not predicting narratives. So all NBA center, I mean, it's only going to get more ridiculous. I'm going to go with AD as number one, first team, all NBA, Embiid, second team, all NBA. I mean, AD will be 27 as of that point. Embiid will be 26 and then Towns 25, but you've got Jokic at 25 and Gobert at 28. I mean, all of those five guys, I mean, you could see them being, I don't see Gobert getting first team just because voters value offense so much, but any of those five guys just about could be just about anywhere on that all NBA ballot. I mean, it is just really nasty. You might have Porzingis coming in there as well, though, you know, it depends whether he's a center or a forward. Um, So I I ended up putting AD on my forward line. That was just just a prediction that he's going to end up on a team where he can play a little bit less center. I, I'm not saying like, oh, he's going to the Celtics or something yeah, like that. Yeah, maybe but, that's true. Yeah, so I have him on... Also, in some ways, that made my forward line easier to do. So well, that wasn't why yeah. I did it. It was just a prediction. And that also allowed me to put Embiid, Jokic, and Towns all on all NBA teams, and I put them in that order. It could easily... I mean, I love all three of those guys. You can yeah. make capable arguments. But Embiid 
having, you know, he's the best defender and he's certainly a dynamic offensive player. So, and I had him number one of that group in terms of best players right now, and he could get better. And then I, Jokic over Towns was tough for me because I think Towns has more untapped potential. Yeah. But Jokic, I mean, we got into this discussion. I think that was in uh, 15 and 60 or something. I, I just think Jokic, the transformation that he can make with the team offensively, like Towns, his, his tools are awesome, but Jokic, we've already seen it. Like there's a proof of concept here. And so I'm going to go with that. Like it, you're splitting hairs. I mean, it, I lo- you're splitting hairs between those two guys, but I'm going to go with the one who we already know how he can get to that, he, how he can be there. Whereas Towns, we we have an idea, but he hasn't actually done it other than the ridiculous scoring over like the last month, but that's not a whole season. Yeah. I mean, if you had to pick who will get it, it'll be Jokic over Towns because Towns' team is going to be totally mediocre. Yeah. I didn't um, consider that as much, but that's a fair point too. Right. Yeah. But I, I, I think Towns can be better than Jokic, but I, I certainly, there are plenty of arguments either way. And maybe Gobert, you know, if Utah really is getting to like a 60 win type of level, he'll finally get some credit. Um, oh, young guys oh, who might get in on this. Yeah. Go oh, ahead, that's right. exactly where I was going to go. I, yeah. I, Miles Turner, that'll be his age 24 season. Remember how young he is. It's, it's ridiculous. Capella will be 26 Jarrett Allen will be 22 yeah, I don't see him making it I don't either team under, under Zion will be chances. 20 I mean there's a possibility yeah I see him as a for as a forward especially sure. early in his career we'll see I, I put him on the center line just for now and then you know the Bagley Jaron Jackson guys those got they'll be in their early 20s I think that's just too early for them and also I mean Jaron I love his defense but his offensive game is probably gonna take some time so I think we're gonna those they'll they won't be ready to take the next step quite yet but they'll maybe I think one or two of them will rise and they'll be in the conversation conversation 30-year-old DeMarcus Cousins yeah it's a possibility I mean and and depending on how we're going to count him I don't know how you want to talk about Porzingis did you put him on the forward line or did you put him on the center line uh you know what I put him as a forward okay so we'll talk about him there because then because that's plenty. there's plenty we could say about him I didn't pick him uh for for forward but uh I mean I think forward it got really interesting and five of my six guys are guys who are going to make my all-nba team this year so I had Giannis Kawhi I'm interested to see what since you had AD there Giannis and Kawhi on the first team just with Kawhi being a little bit younger KD and LeBron on the second team Paul George on the third team then Luka Doncic coming in at age 21 I I'm even though it's very rare that uh I mean I guess he'll be a third year guy by that point but still that guy's 21 or under making all NBA team is very rare but I just didn't see that other guy who would necessarily be better than yeah so I went Giannis AD Durant Durant Kawhi and those ones I was more comfortable with I, I mean AD is going to be should be right in his prime I mean did we 20 26 to 28 27 to 29 something in that range is generally what I've used and then so Durant and Kawhi easily could be first team but I, I just think it's I think AD's could be better than and then those last two spots were absolutely brutal I mean I considered Jimmy Butler though he could be on the guard line too I'm telling you he didn't make either um yeah he, he's gonna be way on the downside but Le- he's not LeBron, he's not gonna make it this year even yeah LeBron some of the young guys you know like we could see I mean not even young guys like Tobias Harris if he takes another step forward Ben Simmons was somebody who I I, I thought about but I ended up I ended up not putting LeBron on any team I I just feel like age 36 is just that's Man, that's that would be such a bummer but he he like, could like but if, I, if I'm gonna say like for me like the the choice for my last spot was between Paul George and LeBron and 
I just think with George's his offensive role, and I mean he's been a wonderful defender. I don't see that. You know, I think he'll take a he'll take a half step back at some point during the next three years, but I don't know exactly when that's going to be. And so LeBron, I think he'll still be a wonderful offensive player. I think he'll still be a great guy, and and we don't know where the Lakers are going to fit into the overall picture. But I mean, I think Lucas can be awesome. Like that that's where I end up. That that was where I ended up going too. So it's, I, I I would I would hate it as somebody who has covered LeBron's entire who's followed his whole career, covered most of it. But I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm going to play the odds, I'm going to go, I'm not going to go with a 36 year old, even as great as LeBron has been for his entire career. Yeah. I mean, I, I think we may be a little bit too down on LeBron right now as we talk Well, I mean, he's, he's my next players. guy. It's not like yeah. I'm saying he's going to suck or anything like that. You could, you could make an argument. I think he, there's a significant chance he's second team at that point. I think you sure. had him there, but in that, in that group, like I, I believe, I believe in father time and yeah, no, it matters. I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong, but yeah. man, I mean, that would, if he's like playing, if that's the level that he's playing at by then, I mean, that's clearly his Lakers career will have just been like a complete failure and like, you know, really a shame for him because it really would hurt his chance to be considered the greatest effort. You know, if he's just puttering around with the Lakers, like not even making all NBA teams. Um, yeah, I mean, Blake Griffin, I think will have fallen out of it by then at age 31. You know, Jason Tatum maybe is someone who could pop up into there. John Collins and Markinen, I would give a small chance. Zion at age 20, ending his second year as, as a forward, potentially. Uh, Porzingis, you know, deserves some mention. I mean, he was playing at an all-NBA level probably before he got hurt. Um, and Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, maybe guys I'd like slightly consider. Um, I had Ben Simmons as a guard, you know, because I think he'll still be on Philly and still be a guard. Um, he wouldn't make it for me. I, as I said, I mean, I, I'm very skeptical of how much he can improve without the jump shot. And I think he's quite overrated now as it is. At guard. Ooh, this is a fun one. Right, because you really this is probably the biggest example of well, I guess you've got you've got Kyrie and Lillard. I mean, those guys, but Curry and Harden are those still going to be the two best guards in the NBA like they are now? Um, how well are Kyrie and Lillard going to age as like really small guards? Um, you've got some of these guys who are kind of more on the like fringe third team, like Clay, Beal, and Oladipo, and then I think here's where you've got some of the sexier young guys coming up uh, with Fox. Jamal Murray, Trey Young, Donovan Mitchell, Devin Booker. Um, I will put D'Angelo Russell on here, although I don't think he'll deserve it. And same thing with Ben Simmons. So all those guys would be considered. So given all those, uh, who did you end up going with here on your first or third team? I skewed older at the top because they've already proven they can play at that level and we just i mean i think that fox and trey young and all those guys could get there but they haven't yet and so i'll be risk averse i went with harden and lillard on my first team harden is going to get he'll get buckets and and lillard i think his game you know there are parts of it that won't age well but i i think that it you know he he can still he'll be crafty getting to the basket i think he'll his first step will still be very good at that point and so and he'll be two years younger in terms of basketball reference age than Steph. So I think that that was really it. And between Dame and Kyrie Irving, one of the tiebreakers for me, and you could talk about how it's deserved versus that, Lillard is more durable. And I do think that really matters. And so the idea that Lillard can put together a full season, you know, let's say 76 plus games, I'm substantially more comfortable with that than Kyrie because he Kyrie just hasn't really done that. And so that risk element that was, was also there in play. So he's younger than Steph, more durable than Kyrie. So that's why I went with Lord, but then those two are my second team guys. 
I stuck with Curry and Harden because if KD is no longer there, Curry's just going to have such a large load that I think he's still going to put up the stats and he has the reputation, obviously. Uh, but I could easily see Lillard or Kyrie leapfrogging him. I had Donovan Mitchell as my third teamer with Bradley Beal, but I could easily see Clay being in there as well. Um, you know, Trey Young, I don't think will quite be there yet. I don't think the team's success is going to be there yet. Devin Booker still, you know, I think he's pretty overrated the team success don't think that's going to be there either but he'll just be 24 then i mean it's incredible yeah. how, how how much he's taken on at such a young age is, is really impressive um, um yeah fox to me is probably the guy i would think is most likely to break into this jamal murray i i just i'm not sure he's quite that good um we'll see though uh but Fo- fox would probably be my guy that i think would be most likely to to break into the group uh, along with uh and oladipo could be back as well uh i don't want to foreclose that either well and Oladipo's my pick for my last spot I went with Donovan Mitchell and I went with Victor Oladipo I just think with what he does you know if I'm comparing Oladipo with Bradley Beal you know I I think Oladipo's a I think he's a better he's a better player overall and he's you know defensively and and you know he did it I would say the sample for Oladipo being that guy is larger than Beal overall we don't know what team situation both those guys could be in very different places at that point and Beal's a, a serious contender for me too so yeah you have you have all those type of players and you Ben Simmons if you have him on the guard line Ben Simmons is here too Devin Booker I think will you know the Suns will be they have to be better at that point and I mean Booker with I, I think he could end up being a meaningfully better player and so yeah I wanted I wanted to make sure we gave him some mention but yeah Donovan Mitchell Victor Oladipo they're my last two yeah Oladipo I'm just concerned about the shooting drop off before this year and then obviously the nature of his entry let's talk a little bit about what we picked back in 2019 i re-listened to our pod and i've got our our list here a few calls you had some good speculation that the bucks could really be taking a step forward uh we were hoping as in the middle of 2017 that jason kidd would be fired but the bucks had this great end of the year in 2017 and then kid didn't get fired until midway through the next year but i think seeing Giannis and uh the effect that a new coach could have on that team you deserve some kudos for that um the biggest thing that we both missed on was we thought the spurs would be right there and Kawhi would be a spur for life and uh yeah that didn't happen i think i actually specifically said yeah the spurs could remake their whole team but they're guaranteed to have Kawhi on the team (laughs) whoops I'm pretty happy with my MVP list. I had Harden, which wasn't exactly a bold call. He was in the middle of... Well, so that was 16... We'd record this in 1617. So that was Russ's MVP year, but Harden was, you know, right in that mix. So I had him, but then my, my... Others mention Kawhi, Giannis, Towns, Durant, Curry, AD. Like that's a, that that list turned out pretty well, even though some c- circumstances dictated some of those guys falling out of it. Um, my my top my final four teams were the Warriors and Jazz, Utah. I just I'm just always a believer in the Jazz. And remember, that's before they drafted Donovan Mitchell. That was right. retaining Hayward Gordon Hayward. Yeah. I did, and the, the Warriors for obvious reasons. And then Boston and Cleveland. I I I acknowledge the possibility that LeBron was was going to leave, but I I at that point I think it was yeah. more that i didn't that was I, before I didn't Kyrie even left yeah. yes I mean, it was we saw, i think we we felt like you know the and it was also before they had that awesome run in the 2017 playoffs but yeah i mean i think we just assumed that lebron and, and Kyrie would both still be there and that cleveland would be you know right in the mix yeah at, and, at and i had yeah boston number one i picked the warriors to win the championship and durant to be the finals mvp well, that looks like it could go pretty well the biggest yeah. thing the biggest thing i got wrong and this is very instructive i i had 
I, I picked my two worst team predictions was the Nets and the Kings, both of whom are in the top half of the league this year. The Kings, you know, due to yeah, record, due to conference. Too. And Indiana, I mentioned them as a sleeper because if that was the year after Paul George could opt out and everything else. And, you know, they're, they they were one of the top four teams in the East before Oladipo got hurt. So things yeah. can things can change like that. Those like if, if you were disheartened that we had your team in in a lower spot there, it can change real quick. Well, yeah, I had Brooklyn and, and Sacramento as well. Uh, the Clippers, I actually mentioned as a candidate for potential worst team. Remember, this is two years ago. They still had Chris Paul, DeAndre Jordan, and Blake Griffin all on this team. And then obviously Paul got traded. Griffin re-upped and got traded. Jordan isn't there anymore. But I, I we saw that coming in terms of like maybe the Clippers just will like have to go into normal tank mode and rebuild the way that they've been able to pivot while not being bad and actually look positioned to be a, a powerhouse going forward here uh, has been extremely impressive. I don't think anyone could have seen that coming at all. Um, I Kawhi as my MVP, and I think he's playing at a really nice level, but you know, we didn't predict that he's going to miss it next year and then have these issues. Another thing is I, I think I, my all NBA centers for this year, I had Towns 182 and Jokic three. I think we were a little bit high as of that point on Towns and the Wolves. Remember, Andrew Wiggins actually had like taken a pretty big step forward that year in his, uh, or was looking like he was going to and then you know he kind of fell off a little bit and then uh Embiid I just wasn't buying the health that's why I didn't have him in uh in this mix remember that was the year that he played like 30 games then had to get shut down again with uh another knee surgery I'm a little bit proud I remember that I thought it was a bold a bold thing at the time to say that LeBron wasn't going to get first team all-nba and I mean to me even if he had stayed healthy this year he wasn't going to get first team all-nba so I'm kind of happy with that yeah I think like it's the only things that we kind of screwed up a little bit didn't see this paul george renaissance coming necessarily at least for me uh i had gordon hayward who obviously he had a career altering injury draymond i had him still as a third team forward he's uh, fallen off too much for that i think actually the other thing i would say is i was maybe a little bit too aggressive in predicting potential age-related decline um curry in particular i thought it was possible that he wouldn't be a top 10 player anymore and no that's clearly not the case at this point um that's funny because I was a little too conservative. Like I, I was still on board with Chris Paul being a third team, and you know the way he's played after the All Star break is closer to that level, to be sure. Also, I was way too skeptical of Kyrie Irving. Like that's one yeah. he, he just hadn't. I mean, he had obviously had the game winning shot in the finals and everything else like that, but that was still in the like, oh, he's a wonderful offensive player, but could he lead a team? Can he play defense? He doesn't play defense. All that he he has changed his reputation a lot more over that time than I think we remember. Yeah, and we sure as hell didn't see Kyrie going to Boston and then Paul George going to OKC. Uh, yes. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think we... Uh, Minnesota was the team that really looked most up and coming and then just fell apart. We were both uh, very much predicting that ad might not be on the pels anymore that demarcus cousins might not be on the pels anymore um so my final four was golden state san antonio boston and cleveland and obviously san antonio uh, boston was a decent pick there but you know there's other great competition in in the east now and cleveland obviously with lebron gone and Kyrie gone not there san antonio with Kawhi gone it was really tough so uh i mean i think we didn't really see i mentioned philly and milwaukee as possibilities um and toronto's possibility but we of course didn't see Kawhi being in toronto either um so i, I actually mentioned detroit as someone who might make it just on oh. the basis that like the east was gonna suck so bad i mean i don't think anybody saw these top four teams in the east being as good as they are right now i don't think we saw 
that six months ago or whatever. No, wait, yeah. 12 months ago. And also, I cracked up. One of my notes was that Wall and Beal are the right age, and it's the last year before John Wall is a free agent because that was before he'd signed the designated veteran extension. So how things can change. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it was funny. John Wall, you know, we were talking about him in the same breath as guys like Lillard and Kyrie as, as of that time. I mean, it really, obviously, that fell off very quickly. I mean, Washington was a team that we thought maybe with growth from Porter, Beal, and Wall could get into lower end. You know, I mean, I guess they were one game away in 2017 from making it to the finals uh, of the conference. All right, I think we can wrap up here. This has been fun, though. Uh, good to hold ourselves accountable for what we predicted a, a few years ago. And uh, we'll make this a yearly tradition, see uh, how well we do. I, I think we did okay. I think I, I don't know that there was much we could have done here that would have uh, that we could have seen where we screwed up. I think the only major thing was maybe being too high in Minnesota for me and then having uh, like predicting age-related decline a little bit earlier for some of these guys than maybe at least at least in this iteration of players that they deserve uh anything to talk about before we go uh no uh real gym radio will be out later this week so people can can look for that i'm very excited you, about the guests. you always say no and then you say something well it's 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 more tentative i did otherwise it would just be me saying no and then you'd end the show that'd be kind of weird <laughs> fair enough yeah all right I, i've uh that's good i should i should come up with a better setup then i can just say are we done here and then you can say yes and then the show will be over so are we are we done here now we are <laughs> all right talk to y'all next time at bet365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every goal every game every point every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.